This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Oh, this is always one of my favorite times of the week. We get to invite in our good friend, friend of the locker room, Jim Wexel, who's Steel City insider and a prolific writer. If you've ever seen and read the book, Polamalu, All Things Hair, that I add that myself. I'm sorry. But that's our good friend, Jim Wexel. Jim, welcome to the locker room, my friend. It's good to have you here. Thank you, Wolf. It's really not all things hair. I, 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 I know. I know. I, I, I got to make sure I stop saying that. But, it, it you know, what? what's the official title? <laughs> well, it's uh, nothing about hair is what it is. Joy <laughs> Polamalu, nothing about hair. No. It, it does have the hair. He let his hair down in 2003 when he went home to – not home, but San Francisco was a Monday night game. And his Uncle Kennedy, the running backs coach who's celebrating the Vikings' last win, he uh, uh, he told Troy, you got to let your hair down, boy. Come on. And uh, so he did. And uh, then the hair pulling by uh, um, the Johnson, uh, the running back for the Chiefs. Right. Larry Johnson, else. yes. No, Larry no Johnson, head and shoulders. Yeah. There is no – Head and shoulders stuff in there. Nothing else about hair. <laughs> so you're saying no, it was it, is, is Troy Palomalo between and below the head and shoulders is what the book is. No, doesn't work. Um. Yeah. Okay. You can go there. <laughs> <laughs> Wex, no, and, so, and let me ask you something. In retrospect, yeah. when you wrote this and with the expectations you went in and what you came out with, what was there was there anything that that kind of you just absolutely blew your mind, you know? Because uh, you, I don't know, I, I don't know, Wolf. I, yeah, I, I I don't I don't. You know, there was some stuff. Uh, the showdown with Michael Vick, the two could be the could have been the two greatest athletes in the world staring at each other with the ball. Neither had an angle, and Ryan Clark telling the story, saying he had the greatest feat in sports <laughs> history. As the free safety for that play, that was when Michael caught a pass that was batted back to him, mm. and it was either him or Troy. It was uh, the pylon was the goal, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it could have been, I think, the first touchdown scored by a quarterback who threw it to himself, something like that. No kidding. And Troy ran him down. Troy Troy actually didn't have the angle, and he ran down the great Mike Vick, and you know. I don't know how Mac feels, but I know when they picked up Mike Vick, that locker room was on fire. Those, and they're all younger than him, I'm sure, they idolized Mike Vick. Hmm. And I think Tomlin did too. I think he was so happy to be able to get him at whatever age he was, 43 or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) They were just, they they were on fire. And I I think he was by Mac's locker. Were you still there, Mac? No, I wasn't there. I I I miss Mike Vick. You know, I I Charlie Charlie Batch and I uh, left the Steelers at the same time, so Mike came in right after that. So I I, I missed the Mike Vick uh, years in Pittsburgh, but uh, definitely didn't miss the Mike Vick commentary because I've I've hung out with Mike a couple of times, and uh, man, yeah, like you said, it, you you get an air because he just he changed the way you looked at the quarterback positions. You know, even as much as when Randall Cunningham and, and Warren Moon kind of had that same type, it was just to a different – it was just accelerated, right? It was like the 2.0 of that, and everybody wanted to be 
like Mike Vick, it, it, you know, if, if you if you were a young kid playing toss in the backyard, you're like Mike Vick. I mean, that that's just what he brought. He brought that kind of childish enthusiasm um, to whoever he came in contact with. Because he, I mean, he was a bad man. I mean, when we went down to Atlanta and played the Falcons, I mean, it was one of those things where on offense, I'm sitting there on the sidelines watching our defense. Watching, watching the Falcons' offense, you know, it's, it's like you can't help but naturally be intrigued and to watch what Mike Vick could do, because you knew he was well, going to do some kind that, of highlight-worthy play. <laughs> well, to that end, Troy did the same thing to the strong safety position. Yeah, oh, and, absolutely. And you know, I, I think Harrison Smith was out of the this world the other night. Made the key play and. I tell you, I think LeGlue was the only one to block him all night. I, I, I keep that LeGlue around. He blocked him on, on the yeah. touchdown run, if, if you remember. But um, yeah. uh, my point is, um, Troy was the same way as Mike Vick, and that's why that play resonates with me in the book. You know, Joey said about Troy, there are, there are guys around the league that you like to go talk to. And, you know, when you, have your, when you meet out at uh, – at mid, midfield and things like that before a game. You know, there, there are people that you want to get closer to. He said, when we go to a Pro Bowl, the top Pro Bowlers in the, in the world wanted to be by Troy. It was, <laughs> it was that intriguing. And Joey said, the, he's, the, he's the Hall of Famer of the Hall of Famers. Everybody wants to be by Troy, sit by him, hear what he's saying. I think that's what Max is saying about Mike Vick, too. And uh, those, those are that kind of athletes. It changed – the game yeah. with their athleticism. You know, one of the things that always stood out about Troy, and I, and I, and I say this every time that we, we talk about, I mean, in, in, it's the most obvious thing, his tremendous humility, which caused him to, you know, to take that always the lesser role in any situation except on the field. <laughs> you know, on the field, <laughs> it's like everything is cut loose from all that – that humility, and, and, and it's like Clark Kent and Superman. All of a sudden, you know, the glasses come off, the hair is down, and he's flying around like Superman doing the things that he couldn't do, you know, when he's got the glasses and the hair's in a bun. I mean, it, it just, I mean, that's just the way I think of Troy, you know. I mean, it was just so very special, and I know just being a, a teammate. But one of the things we got to talk about, though, moving on, is Max and I have been talking about Mike Tomlin's quote of turning over every stone. And one of the things that uh, Max pointed out says the stone he wanted to overturn, one of them, was a six-man O-line with a power tight end. And my thought was I want to start – I want to win the toss, the coin toss, and I want to come out and go up-tempo – which was also one of Max's, and Max's was one of mine. So that's we're all intermingled here. But I give you the floor, Jim, and I'm ask you if you were turning over every stone, what are some of the stones you would want to turn over? Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Wolf, Wolf. Mm-hmm. I tell you, you start that game up tempo with no huddle. Yes. And I want you in the locker room after the game asking Tom why he didn't run more than six times in the game. <laughs> I know there's a downside the to it. You can ask all those favorite questions. Yeah. Either way, he gets one group of questions or the other. Right. And I've heard all of these up-tempo questions that for 15 years now. The uh, What's with the no huddle? Why aren't you going no huddle? What's the audible situation? What's with the new coordinator? Does Ben like the new coordinator? Why isn't Ben more comfortable? Why isn't Ben doing more? And I tell you, Tom on last game said we moved the ball except the stupid penalty and then a missed field goal. 
That's true. That's uh, a good no, point. I, you, I think he wants to get that old line grooving, and I know it's not working. <laughs> We're but trying. You want to start? You want to start that uh, 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 run and shoot stuff again? All right, but don't ask for the new old line again next year, <laughs> Mister. <laughs> that's a great point. That's a great point, Wex. Turning over every stone. I think they've already over uh, been been turned. Uh, you know, I, I like your idea. I like more Derek Watt. I like uh, more Kevin Rader. I like um, I like Leglue. I I don't want to go back to another guard. I don't know what he doesn't know. You know, he got yanked for a series for Coward for whatever reason, and Coward gave up a brutal sack on a third and long. I he, thought he lost he his shoe, even... if I recall. He, he lost his shoe, oh. Wex. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, shoe came Coward off. looked like yeah. he lost his shoe, too, or a couple <laughs> of them, because uh, I don't think he's out of his stance yet. But, yeah, he, did, he didn't put his spikes uh, on uh, before he went on the field. <laughs> Wait, is that like, is that like a rookie gap? You know, I, I, I here's what I'll say about LeGlue, the shoe coming off. That's why you spat your shoes, you know, because yeah, okay. the problem is you tape your hands up so much, and if your 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 shoelace comes loose, you you can't you can't tie them. I mean, you got your fingers taped together and everything else. It's it's a nightmare trying to get your shoe back on. So to John LeGlue, just spat over the top of your shoes, okay? That way it'll eliminate that stuff. I, I don't know what else they can do. Um, I, I really don't. You know, and, and like Tomlin said, the other thing, I've heard him say I'm turning over every stone uh, for 15 years, too. I mean, there have been bad seasons and bad games, and he's been trying to turn over stones. And after the game, they said, why didn't you turn over any stones like you said you were? And he said, well, you know, we <laughs> thought actually that everybody who should be out there was out there, and we just got healthier. And I think that's where he's leaning now. I, I don't know that we'll see much new. Uh, I, I think you're just going to see a different team on 10 days rest. Mm. Yeah, well, I wish I, I had think, something for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I think you've been dressing Zach Banner for the last five weeks, six weeks, and we've only seen him run out on field goal teams. Maybe, maybe. The reason, he, he did go in for one snap when Dan Moore came out for the play on third down. Right. And they shifted Chukes over to left for a play. Uh-huh. He came in for two power tight end short yardages. I watched other teams that ran the ball successfully, successfully on us trot out six offensive linemen on multiple occasions. That's uh-huh. where I think the one thing that if we want to run the ball so bad and other teams are doing it against us, when do we <laughs> say, you know what? That might be something that we might need to rip off. It might not be in the wheelhouse, but you know what? Why not try it at this point to get some semblance of some type of uh, run cohesion? Because that's one of the things that I see on the sidelines, and I'm just like, why don't we do that? Because I know we've got a big guy that loves to move heavy things against their will waiting to get in the game. Every time the offensive series starts, Zach Banner's stretching. He, he, he's doing his twists. He's, do, he's, doing, he's doing the high knees in place, <laughs> getting himself ready to go for any moment. And I'm just like, why not turn that dog loose? Why not just go I'll out and say, what? you know what? We're running power to your side. 
just collapse the entire side of the defense. And he runs off that extra point team with such enthusiasm, too. <laughs> yeah. He's got I, all, that, I, I, listen, I, all that pinned up energy. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I, I, now you got me fired up, Mac. Now I want to see it. That's going to be my post game call. What are you yeah. going up tempo for? You got Banner. Come on. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, just go go up tempo three plays in a row. You know, three. We're going to run it three times in a row. Let's see what happens. Let's run counter. Let's run inside. Let's run inside zone. Let's even run. You know, why not? Why not at this point run an outside toss sweep and let him be where the tight end crack would be? Why not? Okay. It's better than Chase okay. Claypool on that fourth down. I mean, you know, Chase didn't get wow. the seal block. You know, that no. was that, that's that's unfortunate. That was, that was Chase was on a run of like uh, three or four really bad plays in a row too. Yeah, yeah. There, right there. There's no doubt. Right at that time. Listen, uh, you know what? While we're at it, here's here's what the, I and I liked Mike Tomlin's uh, response yesterday when he was talking about the gaff and the penalty and everything with Chase Claypool. He said he's a young guy that's growing and developing in a lot of ways. It can't happen fast enough for him. It can't happen fast enough for us. We're going to push. Uh, that growth and development as long as he's a willing participant. He has been, so we're going to keep moving forward. Jim, you know, I like when he says um, he's. we're going to push that growth and development as long as he's a willing participant, and he says he has been, which tells me they've already had that conversation about what occurred, and they're moving forward, and that Chase is, co- you know, totally, okay, I screwed up, I'm ready, you know, it may have I like how he said it. I think he satisfied the bloodthirsty masses that want this kid cut. They want, they, they want Vince Lombardi to come down and scream at this kid on the sideline on TV. That's what they want. Yeah, that's, that's not uh, going to happen. Sutherland, hey, I'm, I'm back in the 40s with Jock Sutherland doing that you know, to the star players. And the, and the crowd loved it when he sent Bill Dudley on his way. The fans of Pittsburgh sided with that disciplinarian style. They loved that just – bloodthirsty kind of screaming coach and Tomlin is not that but he's not an enabler no so he kind of had to walk that fine line to explain that this is about teaching and you know if he doesn't get it then we'll send him on his way but it's a process and wide receivers seem to be like this (laughs) characteristically of their position and he even pointed out to Deontay Johnson how much he's matured and I tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll say this about Chase. He caught, he made the greatest catch of that game, and most receivers who were being interfered with and the flag was thrown, they would have started crying to the ref instead of focusing on the ball and catching it the way he did. That was the key play of that last drive. It was. That put, that put him in position to really screw up <laughs> a couple <laughs> plays later. But you didn't see his histrionics, and you didn't see him crying to the ref in the middle of that play like a lot of receivers do it. He went up and focused and caught that ball while he was just smothered by that corner. And so he gets a big 41-yard gain, and then he screws up. And what I thought exacerbated the situation was screaming at Trey Turner. You know, I don't know that Trey did a bad thing. Maybe, you know, maybe showed up Chase a little bit. Chase should have just ate that. Yep. But the screaming at Trey isn't going to endear him to the bloodthirsty mob who wants him <laughs> cut right now. And uh, let me tell you this. He was the first guy to commiserate with 
Fryermuth after that last play. Yeah. So he's not a total. I don't know that he's a, a, a bad guy. I, I no. You know, we all have visions of that summer uh, off-season thing where he kicked the guy in the head on the video of a brawl in a parking lot. So I, I think we're leaning in that direction that he's a bad guy already just because of that instead of this is a stupid young kid that needs to learn. And I tell you, I don't think Tomlin needed to say anything to him with the blowback Chase is getting everywhere it's on national media it's it's every national media show is against him and for the Steelers and Tomlin and and everybody else and a a kid has to learn from that and so I I, I just think I believe he will too all right Wex thank you so much appreciate you Jim Wexel Steel City Insider and that book the book of Palomalo and it's not all things hair we got that. <laughs> but that can that's a great Christmas gift, and uh, w- wish you much, much success in that. That's one of my favorite books. Thank you so Thank much, you. Wax. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks, both you guys. All right. We'll be back with more after this in the locker room. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. You know, we were talking about Chase Claypool in the last segment with, with uh, Jim Wexel. And again, the, the, the quote that Mike Tomlin gave was he's a young guy that is growing and developing in a lot of ways. It can't happen fast enough for him. can't happen fast enough for us. We're going to push that growth and development as long as he's a willing participant. He has been, so we're going to keep moving forward. Number one, when he says um, we're going to push that <laughs> growth development as long as he's a willing participant, and then follows it up with he has been, so we're going to keep moving forward. What, what are the things that knowing the Tomlin speak, knowing what Mike says, and then what he does too, what does that say to you, Max? Yeah, well, that just says that, you know, they know how far he still has to go because he's dependent upon, right? He's an integral part of this offense, and, you know, he's been, he's been talked to. I'm sure Bingo! People <laughs> now, now let me, okay, stop there now. Yourself. All right, now he's been talked to. How do you think that conversation went? I mean, do you think it was just – well, Chase, you know, I just – or do you think it was a little more up-tempo, a little louder, having a little more forcefulness to it, a little bit of the Tomlin flashing eyes and everything else? I mean, you've, you've stood in front of him when he was honked off. What do you think? There's a couple of expletives you can throw in there as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> little, little, hey, you know those books where you talk the missing word game, you know, fill in the blank when you read a story? Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much what it is, except for just use all words that are four letters or less normally. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, but I, I think that that's kind of what it is. And I'm sure that, and that also indicates that multiple people have spoken to him. Mm-hmm. Not just head, not just offensive. Not just right. wide receivers. <laughs> exactly. Multiple layers of conversation about this because, let's face it, he knows what he was supposed to do. Right. But it, it's about the accountability. That's where the maturity comes in. Yes. Maturity means accountability in this league. You can't point the finger at everybody else. You know, the old adage goes, 
you point one finger at someone else, three point back at you, right? Right. That's what you had. That's what they probably had to make him realize. Hey, whoa, what what are you doing? Why why are you arguing with somebody else? Why are you blaming somebody else? I was like, your actions dictated the 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 the, uh, the opposite reaction. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, if you don't do things that cause the reaction, you don't that you don't you don't get the blowback. But if you do things that cause it, regardless of however you want to get into it numerically, time-wise, you still have to rise above that. You have to you have to fight yourself, right? Rocky Balboa, right? You're 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 fighting with the man in the mirror. You're fighting with the shadow of yourself. That's what you constantly have to overcome in sports. When something great bad point. happens, when something good happens, you're fighting your own shadow. And you can't let the shadow win because you know better than that shadow or that mirror image of yourself. So that's what you're that's what's probably being talked about in a more forceful, in a more colorful way that's animated. But that's the base principle of what the conversation has to be and what the conversation I'm sure was, was that. It was about rising above our nature and becoming the best version of ourselves. And so, you know, would I love for it to be that he gets put in this situation again on Sunday against Tennessee and he gets an opportunity to, quote, unquote, redeem himself, make the catch, run to the hash, put the ball down and line up or look at the look at the quarterback waiting for the play. Like, hurry up. Y'all need to hurry up. I'm here. I'm here. I made the play. I'm on the line. Let's go. Let's go. What do you want to bet know, he does that, that. <laughs> in the next Listen, opportunity? I would love. I, I I bet he does it a hundred percent. That that's one of those you're looking for in game parlays. Ch- Chase Claypool setting the tempo on a, on a, on a two minute drill. <laughs> there you go. Now let me Plus ask 3, you this: three thousand, I'll take it. <laughs> now here's here's part of the the quote. Okay, that growth and development. They're going to push the growth and development as long as he's a willing participant, which he says he has been. So they're going to keep moving forward. So what if you took out Chase Claypool's name and you put in, let's say, the 2020 version of Deontay Johnson? Because think about it, Deontay had 13 drops, right? Deontay Johnson got sat down. Deontay Johnson uh, got some recrimination for dropping the ball a little bit. He's gone from 13 last year to three this year. They kept pushing, moving forward with him. I mean, that you've got to give these young people the opportunity to keep growing and maturing. So I look at, okay, Deontay, you know, whether it's Chase maybe, uh, you know, not uh, take you know posing or it's uh, the penalties it's or drops you know whatever it is it's still part of that whole maturation process that needs to move forward where would it have gone if plexico burris had had uh, caught that ball fall into the ground and spiked it which was stupid because he wasn't touched if you if you remember that years ago, he is oh, a young yeah. guy. He gets up, he spikes the ball. The ball, hello, the play wasn't over. But you know, young people do that. You lose your mind in the emotion of the moment, and the maturation process is something that is different for each and every individual. But you can't give up on these guys because number one, there's there's too much invested in them. Well, there's too much invested in them. Plus, you've got to learn. You know, I think yeah. one of the biggest things that a lot of rookies especially the wide receiver position have to overcome is 
just because you catch a ball and fall down, you're still alive. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's still alive. You can get up and keep going. Or, you know, how, how many times do we see towards the beginning of the season a rookie has like a breakaway play and he's running to the end zone and he drops the ball right before he hits past the goal line? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many times have we seen that? So you can't give up on Chase Claypool because he's making young guy mistakes. You have to just make sure that you're constantly reinforcing it and understand that failure is a tool. Failure is a tool to teach upon for success. You can't teach success with success. You have to have failure in order to know what success is going to look like. You have to have the opposite reaction, the yin and the yang, right? Okay. And you need the dark <laughs> to get the light. Yes. You know, you need you need these opportunities to show contrast because that's how you learn, whether it's visual, whether it's physical, or whether it's verbal. You have to be able to learn, and that was a teachable moment for Chase in that moment. Yes, you do the drills in training camp, right? You go through one-minute drill. You go through the hurry-up. But until you do it in a game, <laughs> you don't know. You you don't know you you like oh yeah this is what coach talked about right you know ah ah I mess okay I won't mess it again but you have to have that moment just like with me listen when corner fire mm-hmm. I would see it I would see it and even though I would see it I'm like ah this is still my responsibility nobody's called me out but then the defensive end drops corner fires you look at it, you're like uh, again <laughs> and then you come in the meeting room and, and BA would look at me. Are we good now, Max? Yeah. That's your one. That's your That's one. That's your one. All right, all right. Okay. You're done I got for it. the year. And it won't happen the rest of the year. Right. But that's the thing. Like, even for vets, like, you're going to have that one snafu thing. Like, I remember even for the great Hall of Famer, Alan Fanica, mm-hmm. there was a play. It was called It was called H-42 and H-43. We could always run H-42 but we could never run H-43 because the one time we would, Allen would forget his responsibility, play would get blown up, <laughs> and, and Allen would just look inside. We can't run this play. Take it out. <laughs> and for the rest of the year, just H-42. It was H-42 on the draw. Don't ask me. It was his one bugaboo thing. But everybody has a bugaboo thing about them. Yep. So, you know, it, it, you but you have to have those learning opportunities so you can be able to talk about it. And I think that's the most important thing. He has uh, some great talking points that, uh, you, like you said, I want to see him have an opportunity to redeem himself. Because, like you said, this is something where you need to learn, you want to learn, and you try and push the envelope on that as long as they're willing to take the coaching. That's the other thing. You don't want the eyes glazed over the face look. After you've talked, that's when you know he's gone, right? You right. know, you, 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 you've lost that guy. And that's why I think Tomlin says, we're going to approach it to continue to develop, continue to progress as long as he's willing. Because there have been times in Tomlin's, Tomlin's 15 years here where you've seen that glazed over face with some guys and you got to get rid of them. Yep. You know, you hate to say that, but Chase Claypool is not, 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 he's in not that one BBR. of them. No, I don't believe that. He, he's not BBR, which is burned beyond recognition. If anybody <laughs> ever hears me use that, <laughs> okay. Yeah, he, he, he's not BBR, right? He's still in the sponge phase. He's still absorbing everything. So you want to make sure that you're giving him every opportunity to learn as, willing, as long as he's able to take it in. 
Absolutely. You know, and I think Wex brought up a great point. When Fryermuth dropped that ball, who was one of the first guys there? That was Chase. You know, and it wasn't about wallowing in his own misery or anything like that because I'm sure he heard about it, you know, towards the end there. Um, but, you know, he, he's there. And out of his own free will, you go, you know, you know that Fryermuth is going to be hurting after that. Number one, he got whacked a pretty good one. Number two, everything was on the line right there, and that could have been the biggest play of the game, obviously. But, you know, the, the, the sensibilities of the young men was, you know, compassionate response to a fellow player. And that's, you know, something that uh, is, you know, unless you're a complete moron, I mean, that's something imbued in all of us, Max. You know what I mean? Because we all understand the yeah. pressures that we're all dealing with. We all understand this is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately type of business, and you're not going to be around long to do anything lately if you are not doing the job, you know? I mean, that's... yeah. Well, well and also, you know, fool me once, shame, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me, right? See, you got it right, because normally I, I, I bootleg that thing. I screw it up. I yeah. get it backwards. Go, <laughs> fool me once and shame on me twice. And, you know, <laughs> I get lost. A lot, I, get, I know there's shame involved. There's, I know there's, there's shame, shame involved. Fooling. Then somebody's got to be shamed. You shouldn't fool. You shouldn't fool so that I don't have to feel shame or throw shame back at you. That's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. I, I get in the no middle. No fooling and shaming. This is a fool and shame-free zone. Yeah, that's it. We're done with it. No more. No more shaming. Yeah. All yeah, right. Exactly. We got to go to break. Good job. We'll be back with the final that's lap a here. Shame. It's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And here we are in the locker room winding up a Wednesday afternoon. Well, we got the, uh, you know, there's always the controversy between, you know, uh, the metrics, the analytics, that sort of thing, and coaching and coaching instinct. Or the gut reflex. You know what I mean? We saw that yeah. back in 2015 when uh, Mike Tomlin immediately went for two against uh, San Diego Chargers, and then the San Diego Chargers, um, and sent Lev Bell out there, and they scored two, won the game, you know, walk off. We saw the latest controversy with uh, John Harbaugh, you know, having the opportunity to uh, kick a, uh, the extra point or go for two for the win. And uh, fortunately for the Steelers, um, T.J. Watt got his paw in the way and diverted the angle of the pass. So that didn't work. Now there's a lot of people talking about Mike Tomlin, his you know going for two with Deontay Johnson making the reception in the end zone, and then uh, you know playing to go. He was positioning himself to go for the win. Um, you know, it's and, and Mike says, look, I, I never do anything without you know analytics and gut instinct. Basically, is what he says. You know, you take in the, the moment uh, Mike felt that uh, he they were not strong enough or deep enough to go into overtime on the uh, scrimmage lines. And he's not talking about just the offensive line. He's talking about defensive line and the front end of that defense and so forth. Um, I, never, I can never argue with a coach's gut instinct. 
You know, I mean, because the fact of the matter is all analytics, all metrics, however you want to dial it up, it comes down to after you kind of disseminate that in your gullet for a while, you got to come up with an answer. And I I truly believe that the great coaches are the ones that that are able to discern that that natural gut survivor instinct in them through their years of, of watching, participating, playing, coaching, what have you. That gut instinct is what makes the the great ones different from the regular ones. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's those moments where we talk about where you can rise up above um, immense adversity, right? I mean, that, that that's the stories we're always looking for in sports, right? When you defy odds, you defy logic, you defy reason, and those are those are those moments where you can you can put yourselves like you talk about the Valhalla of great hits. You can put that in the Valhalla of great plays. True. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you think about Troy Palomalu, right? I mean, who would have thought, hey, if I can't blast through this offensive line of the Tennessee Titans, just go over it. Just <laughs> yeah. go over it. Hello. And, 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 and actually sack a quarterback uh, in the process on a quarterback dive, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, those are the things we think about, like like Wex talked about, you know, where it's mano a mano, greatness on greatness. Mike Vick versus Troy Palomalu. Um, you think about these moments. These moments etch into our minds, and especially for fans, right? These are the lasting images we have about players, about teams, and it, it sets the motion, you know, our expectations and, you know, what's to come, right? When, when fortune favors the bold in those moments, we're always there to relive it, to remember it, to talk about it in all of its glory and greatness, and then when it's not, it's, ah, missed opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I got to tell you, though, the first thing I thought of was, is, you know, my whole academic career has been about defying logic, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say anything about my athletic career, but my academic career was definitely you, along those Are lines. you still thinking about that Three Musketeers book report you didn't do? <laughs> <laughs> but I know it's Alexander Dumont. Well, there and, we uh, go. Uh, there we go. See, I learned something today, right? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> exactly. You know, again, I come down to and I and I look at what's coming up, and I'm, I I, I know what Wex was saying about uh, you know if you go out and you mess up that first series and you put the emphasis back on your defense because I was talking about going up tempo, winning the toss, everything yeah. like that. Uh, but at this point, I think that could be the, to me, in my mind, the rolling the dice that way outweighs coming back after a three and out, you know, you know what I mean? Uh, especially yeah. because you've got the Nashville, the, the Tennessee Titans, the boys coming in from Nashville, they're minus Derrick Henry and they're minus A.J. Brown thus far at this point that we know of. Um, I know this, watching them last night, They've got a. Uh, they still have a smoking offensive line. I mean, those guys up front, that that line of theirs comes off the ball and goes after people in a very physical way. Um, that was more reminiscent of years gone by uh, than I would say modern day. You know, football. That this this is a throwback line. Well, and th- this this is a line that you can tell was devised off of the emphasis. Of uh, of a of a coach who was a former player, yeah, <laughs> and knows what he doesn't like, yeah, you know, yep. and I think that's kind of what it is because Mike Vrabel is that throwback type of defensive player. He was tough. 
Mike was physical. Trust me, me and Mike had we we had our battles right on the right. line over the years, and you know he he probably wanted to emulate some of those great lines that he's had to go against. So what do you do? You build a big, nasty, formidable offensive line that can ground and pound. That's why you go get a Derrick Henry because he knows that in his experience, right? He was with the Patriots for such a long time. Ground games carry year round and especially in the winter. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and when you build an identity off of that, that's when you have a recipe for postseason success. He was forward thinking in that. And so this offensive line resembles that. It's a big, nasty, people moving, ground, sh- you know, ground shaking offensive line right. that just wants to go punish you from play one to play whatever. Exactly so. And that's that's what's going to be rolling into Heinz Field this Sunday. Though, I got to tell you, I, I, I will miss Derrick Henry. You know, and I, yeah. you know, personally, I, I love watching the guy play because I've never seen anything that big move that fast. I mean, seriously. I saw uh, a thing where one of his long runs, they GPSed him at something like 21 or 22. Two miles an hour. I couldn't even believe it. Yeah, that somebody that yeah. ginormous, who's got ginormous thighs and everything else, could skedaddle and get wang dang doodle down the sidelines that that fast, and have all that momentum going. I I just, it's it's amazing. Well, and to do it as late in the games as normally these things happen. That's True. the other thing. You get stronger the more contact you've taken. I think that's kind of the other thing that makes it so so like mind-boggling is like dude you've already rushed the ball like 22 times like the 23rd carry should not be faster than the first carry you know what i'm saying like that's the other like mind-boggling part about it but yeah like you said i mean he, he won't be available to us but yeah it's one of those things it's great to see on television as a fan of the sport of football it's a bad thing to see it when you are a fan in the stadium and they're and he's doing it against your favorite team. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes. How much? Let me ask you this: How much does? And I've only seen a limited amount of film, but Ryan Tannehill. How much does his ability, based on what we've seen with Justin Herbert, some of the other guys, how much of that runability right now bothers you? Because it bothers uh, me. It, well, it bothers me, but it doesn't bother me enough that I'm getting worked up about it. Because I think because, like, like like we've talked about, you have teachable moments. Right. And you hope that you learn from your prior mistakes. Right? You hope that you keep somebody with an eye on that quarterback. Not necessarily – he doesn't deserve a spy. Right? He's not Lamar Jackson. But you need to keep an eye on him. You can't, you can't cut him off of your responsibilities. Right? You no, can't you can't. Say, once he's back with the ball, we only got 10 guys to go up against now. It, you know, count him like an offensive lineman. No, you still have to have <clears throat> one of your backers or safeties, depending on the front, aware of his abilities and aware of where he is. You can't vacate the middle of the defense, right? Right. Got to have somebody that's within, that's within stride distance to, to free that up, depending on how your twists play out you must have something coming back into one of those A-gaps and applying pressure up the middle. So 
I'm hoping that that's what that's what we will learn. But I'm not, I'm not scared. I am, but I, he is on notice in my mind. Okay, that you must take advantage. Watch some more film today, tonight, and I, I'll, I'll I'll do the same. Of course, we're going to do the same, and then we'll we'll com- recommiserate <laughs> about it. Because the one thing about it is the guy, I Justin Herbert just blew me away. I mean, that just can't happen. You can't have somebody like that. Yeah. And Tannehill. Okay, let's finish up with the phone lines here. We got CR, and let's see if CR has got Juan with him. Let's bring him in. What's up, fellas? If it's fellas. Hey, good morning, guys. CR, still the next Chicago, and Juan and Caroline Connection. All right, Juan, where did you go oh, yesterday? He's got a connection. <laughs> hey, I was all uh, man down yesterday. I, I slept in yesterday. <laughs> oh, okay. Sleeping on the job. All right. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like something Max would do. Oh, there's Listen, that's it. That just, I, I, uh, I have not done that yet. Thank you, CR. <laughs> yes, okay, okay, yes, I, I, you are you are yes. the brown. Yeah, exactly. I got four more weeks to prove you wrong, so I will continue <laughs> to do that. All right, hey guys, let me give some updates. We had three calls yesterday, including first time caller Greg from the Bias PA. Nine calls this week, two hundred forty calls. No, it's it's do boy. Do boy. You can't say the bias. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, you can't du- say that. Hey, I thought it was Dubois, but okay. Dubois, Dubois, we'll however you want. There's no ice in in noise. Dubois. I'm trying to make you feel good, brother. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Go ahead, Juan. Hey, so um, quick, so real quick. We got Najee, who set the scrimmage record for, by the rookie with 1,207 yards. And also, we just need to take it one game at a time. We don't need to worry about who do who doing what and what. And another stadium just worry about us. What you guys got to say? Well, I, I think I think that 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 that's the plan. You know, I mean, obviously, we know where the success is. We know what Najee's capable of. It's all about making sure that we continually press. You know, other defenses into positions where we can showcase that. I think you eliminate and you mitigate what Najee can do the further you get behind. So the faster that we start, the more that we can utilize and integrate Najee into the offense to help him obliterate that record. Yes, he's faster, but we got four more games. And if we can get him to where – well, we can get this offense to a place where we're competing all four quarters and not just one and a half quarters or two quarters of the game – I think I think we could see a significant uptick on what Najee can do and also that yardage total number because he is a ferocious guy. He's already gotten 297 touches, um, you know, so far throughout this year. So if we can continue to stay balanced, you know, <coughs> Wolf and I talked about it. You have up-tempo. You have extra linemen at your availability if you're trying to turn over stones. All those things lead to more Najee effectiveness. Exactly so. No, that was well put, Max. I mean, that's the thing about it. This kid, the one thing I will say is he is so much tougher than I thought he was at the start. I really, I got to tell you. I mean, I knew the kid was, he's Alabama. He's got to be tough, right? But I didn't know that this guy was, was I mean, he's he's like granite, man. He is something else. Yeah, if, if you go back and you watch those, those runs that he made in that last game, uh, he was really, really putting his heart, soul, mind, and body in it. Uh, very impressive. No doubt about it. Well, fellas, we are almost out of time, so you got it. We got to roll. All right. So, in the meantime, and in between time, 
Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. All right, fellas. Thank you so much. Enjoy Thanks, guys. finishing up there at the end. I will say this, Najee, he is one heck of a ball player. I look forward to seeing him. Okay, Max, thank you so much for joining me, as always. And I uh, thank myself for joining you because, you know, one works can't work yeah. without the other, my friend, you know? Exactly. We can't sleep. We can't sleep it off uh, like like, you know, Juan did on CR and CR is just hoping that one of us falters. We won't let each other falter. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. it. It's crunch time. Crunch Crunch time. time. I'll see you tomorrow, my friend. Thank you. And folks, thank you for joining us.